1: analyses with too much weight. Like I don't know, maybe it's like I, I just feel like when I look at these offenses, I and it's like, oh, Trey Lance is balling out, Justin Fields is balling out. I just want to take it with a grain of salt. I really do. Well,
2: I think I think the way to look at it is if what you're hearing from camp supports what you already thought, then it's proof that you're right. But if what you hear from camp doesn't support what you already thought, <laughs> then it's just training camp and you shouldn't take it that seriously. Exactly. That's how I've always done it. No, no, that's but, exactly but like what it is. But like Trey
1: Lance is. and Justin Fields, and I'm just like, so, yeah, so man. So then you're, you're right. What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk and joined as always by the two greatest and my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Spawn and Theo Ash. How are you guys today?
3: I'm good. I'm admiring Matthew's new apartment, his new settings that he's replaced. It's a
1: house. From. Why does everyone keep calling it an apartment? Why am I the one that, why does Matt not correct anyone on this?
3: It's not a house. He's like 300 feet up in the air. He's I'm got like 300 a, feet up in the it's air. A house. It's my house. Are you on a hill? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um. I'm
2: like on, on the side of a hill and I'll show it off at some point once I get the room fully set up, but it like overlooks the city skyline of Cincinnati uh,
3: through my bedroom window. It's pretty sick. I I like how you don't, I like how you don't have a comforter on your bed, but you do have a rug on there. So it makes me think you're just going to sleep under the rug tonight. (laughs) I just threw the rug on there
1: because it was on the floor. I just put it (laughs) there. It's like a Tom Tom and Jerry episode. The rug was on the the floor.
3: I would hate for the rug to be on the floor.
2: Well, it wasn't. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yep, I'm going to sleep under that, dude.
3: I think it that's the men- that's a mental, a that's the mental image I have in weird. my mind. But yes. Ever, you ever anyway. go
2: shopping and you just set something on your bed and then figure out where you're going to put it later?
3: On the floor? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm just joking around. I'm not, just joking like around. You know, I'm oh, not joking Can around. you please <laughs> relax, Matt? Can you please relax?
1: <laughs> As always, guys, make sure you uh, subscribe, leave a review. Like, rate, comment, whatever you can do. We're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, etc. Keep helping grow this podcast on all platforms. And if you haven't yet, make sure you follow at Stay Hot Pod on TikTok. Uh, we're going to be posting some great content there as well. Um, speaking of great content, there, I posted a video about a guy who committed to Oklahoma, Makai Lemon, and uh, it was That's funny because, because I-
3: you because you are the lemon guy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's that's it, Theo. You're right. I drove um, past a
3: street in Tempe called Lemon Street, and I think I'll go there and maybe oh. record something and be like, "Where does where is Bladen's house?" I think that would be
1: funny. <laughs> That would be funny. That would be funny, Theo. You're right. I live on Lemon Street because I'm lemon. I'm the lemon guy. Um, no, but I just, I just think it's funny. Like I get tagged in anything lemon related. Like, it doesn't matter how like how prevalent it is. If there's a lemon- I'm so I'm present, present, so
2: tired of like the fake surprise. You bring it upon <laughs> yourself on purpose. You've, I also you've think done this
3: on the hot purpose. Takes, the hot take from the ice cream ranking is that the lemon ice cream wasn't even the worst part. It was the peanut butter ice cream that was your worst part of that ranking because peanut butter ice cream does not exist. It never has existed. It, it exist. still doesn't you don't, exist. You don't exist, man. I think that should be the joke because that one was that one's not even what are, real. What are
1: the people gonna it, I don't know. I feel like lemon lemon man or lemon boy runs off the tongue a little bit nicer it does. than it like does. peanut butter, peanut butter boy, peanut butter yeah. man.
3: Yeah, that one but, that one has yeah, that one that one's bad. But yeah,
1: <laughs> you're right.
3: You're right about that.
1: I, I don't know. But no, but I don't I want don't, people don't,
3: to forget that that part of the ranking was worse.
1: I don't know. I just want to know which one of you keeps ratioing me on the stay hot TikTok account.
3: Oh, I um, wonder who that is. Yeah, I, I bet it's Matt. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I, that's my guess, but you know, Theo, I don't know how committed you are. Well, today we're going to talk about some NFL news, some takeaways from the first preseason game. It wasn't all that interesting, but I figured we might as well touch on it. We're going to be doing some fantasy phase, just some guys that we're not super high on going into the upcoming fantasy football season. And, uh... I think we're going to start, though, with uh, some NBA free agency and kind of what was going on with the Summer League. Um, you know what, Matt? I think I'll let you orchestrate this one.
2: Well, um, big move that we haven't talked about yet is Kemba to the Knicks. And I think that's probably the best possible landing spot for him, somewhere where I feel like he can get the largest share of shot creation, which is the thing that he's best at. Because, uh, I mean, most other teams you'd go there, it's like, always oh, going to be the second or the third option. I don't know if that's what you want out of Kemba. The thing about him is that he is over 30 and a small guard with lower body injuries. And that does not typically age very well in the NBA. I think he'll be better than he was with the Celtics. I really do. Um, and if he looks even a little bit like his former self, uh, the Knicks got to steal and they're going to be way better, but I'm not banking on him returning to be, I'm not I'm not banking on him returning to all-star form I think it'll be better but maybe not quite that good
3: yeah and I think it's important for the Knicks to have someone because they are such a young team like and you saw them in the playoffs I think um they weren't quite ready for that stage and Kemba obviously cardiac Kemba is a guy who I don't think is going to shrink in that situation so I feel like it is good to have kind of a veteran presence who's been in kind of high I mean obviously he was he hasn't like perennially been in the playoffs, but you know what he did in pressure is pressure and he's definitely felt pressure before and had to perform at a high level in playoffs before. And, um, I think that it'll be good for the Knicks to have kind of an older guy like that who can, you know, maybe has been in high pressure situations before because a lot of the Knicks guys have not been in those types of.
2: Setbacks. My big question
3: for them is,
2: um, Are Derrick Rose and Kimba Walker going to be on the court at the same time? Because I think that fit uh, is going to be a little funky, Uh, at least defensively. I don't know how great that'll be. But I I think overall, they didn't pay all that much for him. I feel like it's low risk, high reward. I'm a little disappointed that they had $54, $59 million in cap space and they chose to run it. Back and then add a couple of guys. I feel like they could have really swung for the fences. Maybe it just didn't end up working out for them. Uh, but they got Fournier. Till I don't know.
1: Uh, it's
2: definitely I mean, an upgrade. Theo, you're the one that said
1: NBA basketball is better when the Knicks are bad.
3: <laughs> I'm no. <laughs> people are always like. People will be like. 18 years old and say the NBA is better when the Knicks are good, how would you know, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, that was just a funny video. Cause people are always telling me, you know, the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. Cause they're a big market team and stuff. Yeah. And to me, I think it doesn't really matter, but um, you know, the Knicks, if people might
2: view the Knicks positively and they might be like, Oh, this is such a nice team, such a fun team. Um, but I definitely feel like, and this is true for most fan to but maybe particularly for New York, since there's, or the Knicks, since there's so many Knicks fans. Um, our, our when they win a series, people will get. Annoyed. Our producer is a New York like, New, new
3: York sports record. fan, and he's in the chat telling me that it matters if the Knicks are if the Knicks are good, and they're the new 76ers No, it'll be new like Sixers. it'll
2: be. Oh, it's it's always better when the Knicks are good, and it'll be like a Knicks fan. I was like, well, yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm sure
1: it's, it's like more enjoyable saying, for you. Yeah, you know yeah no, it is. I was gonna say something about the Browns. Not going to.
3: That's that's character development. Uh, but yeah, Summer League is getting going and it's really weird. The NBA season or offseason does not feel like an NBA offseason. The season ends and no. there's the lottery and then there's free agency and then there's the draft and then there's the Olympics and now there's Summer League. It's like what the NBA is a 365 days a year, no dead time event. This is crazy. Well, the, the
2: schedule is still messed up and I know yeah. having things this jam-packed together is bad uh, in the long term. But it's hard not to enjoy everything just like keeping going and you you get to keep seeing stuff and there's no break in the action Uh, because NBA free agency is crazy fun. Uh, And I'm really excited for the summer league. We're going to go here on the 11th. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, we'll be be in Las Vegas uh, ready to watch some summer league. Theo, is there anything in particular that you're excited to uh, watch or anything that you've watched so far that you've been excited about?
3: I mean – he was a second overall pick, so it's not that impressive to be like I knew Jalen Green was going to be good, but I I love that guy like that to me the ceiling on him and to see him cook in summer league like he did in the mm-hmm. first game, you know when you get someone with a combination of that at, that type of athleticism that he has, he can jump out the building and then I mean the pure skill and the shot making that he's exhibited, I I'm ex- he's the one I'm most excited for. I think that he I mean like like it kind of happened with John ja Morant with, he was a guy who was like skilled and also could jump out of the building and, you know, look at what he's become. Right. I honestly think that Jalen green could even be a little bit more skilled than Ja. Like I think Jalen green is, is fantastic. He's someone that I'm excited to watch. Um, I was obviously being a Suns fan. Uh, there's Jalen Smith and Jaleen Smith. They've got two guys <laughs> kind of named Jalen Smith, but, uh, I don't know. I'm most excited to see the high draft picks. So, you know, Cade Cunning- Cunningham came in, hit some nice shot shots. That, that release of his is absolutely butter. I, I'm excited to see the high draft picks.
2: Yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you with the Jalen Green stuff. Um, his bag is nuts. Yeah. Just game one going out there taking ridiculously high difficulty shots and sinking them. Uh, I don't know if him playing in the G League, means that he's a little bit more prepared to play against does. this level of competition uh, or if he really is just this good. Um, but regardless, I don't, I don't blame you for being excited. I, about I think him.
1: the one thing that might be more impressive than just him going out and making those shots is the fact that he has the confidence to take those shots so early.
2: Yeah. I'd I made a video on TikTok about it today. He looked super confident. He looked super confident game one, um, and that's exactly what the Rockets need, a guy who I'm assuming they want to make their number one option immediately, uh, if, if not sometime during the season. Guys, I'm super excited for. I'm a big Hornets fan, so <laughs> I'm biased. But I don't know if you guys watched okay, Kai Jones. I keep mixing it up. Kai Jones yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Big dunk! That guy is nuts. Um, <laughs> and I, sa- I said before the draft. Not that this is my comp for him, not that he's going to be this good, but that there are times where he moves like Giannis really, really seems that way. Um, he jumps. I, that dunk he had was just crazy. It, it was. He got it, he got so high and he moves so fast and he does a great job of keeping himself in front of people um, He had he had a fantastic block immediately into the game where someone tries to drive on him. He stays right in front of him. Wasn't even close. Shouldn't have even come close to putting that shot up. Um, He had he had a lot of good putback stuff. There were times where he would even drive in, and he's doing a really good job of passing off when he draws a double team.
3: Yes. and that's um, the other fun thing about the Hornets is that Leangelo proved to be the best ball brother in the league
2: mm -hmm. in their first summer (laughs) game. So you've
1: got that. You've got
3: the first and second best ball brother. He's, um,
2: (laughs) I'll be honest. When we brought him on, I saw a lot of Hornets fans being like, oh, we've got him for next year. You don't forget about, like, I'm not super confident he's making the roster. But he's at least out there. He's playing super hard. He's hustling super hard. His jump shot looks great. He was getting it off. Not only just like, they gave me some open threes, then I hit him. He hit some tough threes with people closing out on him. Um, And if he keeps playing tough and and fighting for boards and hustling and hitting threes, I think he makes the roster. I don't think it's impossible at all.
3: Um, Yeah. LeVar Ball really is the main character. I just... He just, like... I don't even know. It's the the i keep thinking that all these ball brothers will like flame out at one point or it's just like a fad or they're like reality tv show stars they're actually good at basketball and they're all actually good <laughs> and they're all like now they're like could be on the same team with leangelo and and uh lamello so i've just decided to predict that everything good will happen to them because i keep expecting this like era to be over and it's not going to be over so i'm just going to predict them to succeed in any capacity because that's what's been happening so far. I
2: I think a lot of it is you see this whole like family aspect and LeVar Ball and all this talking and you kind of assume that those players are going to be think of themselves a little bit too highly and be very entitled and play like that and with, you know, all that. It's not like that at all. Those guys play so tough. LiAngelo played with say he was playing hard knowing he had to fight to make the roster ball. I, 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 I think a lot of people expected him to come in and act like the star from day one. He comes in and he plays tough for the Hornets. Um, so I think people maybe put a little bit too much stock into just being annoyed at LeVar because he goes and talks on all these like shows or whatever when really that doesn't reflect on how he really is as a person or how he's been as a parent. It doesn't really reflect on how he Didn't he say he players. could beat
1: Michael Jordan
2: one-on-one? Like, he's just talking. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I
3: I can say that I can go on the Stay Hot pod and I can make these kinds of claims too, and people will listen to like, yeah, no, it's it's no, that, easy to a, put that's... a mic in some, I, it's easy to put a mic in front of someone, and then if they're mentally like, I'm gonna make a splash here. You, I can do yeah. it, he can do it He's just the one who actually went through with it
2: No, no, Bladen, that's a great point I've made a video saying I could be Michael Jordan The only difference is <laughs> that people know I'm joking when I say it When Lavar says it, people are always just trying to get attention We're like, yeah, but he's not He's not taking it that serious Right
1: Yeah No, that's a really good point um, So Matt, we gotta know Do you think the Hornets are uh, playoff contenders now? Like deep playoff contenders? Deep playoff contenders? No. <laughs> nope. So you're, so you're is, not that biased. The East has gotten you're, you're really not, strong. You're not that biased.
2: Uh, I mean, I don't know if we talked about this last episode, but you got Bucks, Nets, 76ers, Heat, Bulls. One of those teams can't make the first round. Yeah. I mean, the Hornets yeah, making it past the first round would be a pretty, pretty amazing. Um, I, I'm just hoping that they can go and win a play-in game. I think that's my goal for them this year. That's fair. Uh, but if they don't, do that because they decided to move the timeline back a little bit and try to get young as possible and then we see some development out of these guys but it doesn't work out and they don't make it into the playoffs and play a series I'm fine with that too even just a good
3: playing game after what they did last year
2: (laughs) yeah any anything but like letting Doug McDermott drop 100
1: on us in a quarter will be an improvement (laughs) Okay, so Matt, you have very low expectations, as I can see. But let's move on to the NFL. There's a lot of stuff going on with the NFL. Obviously, Xavier Howard is staying in Miami. That's kind of the biggest, you know, news. Um, I think that's kind of unexpected, you know, at least from my point of view. I, I had, I was under the impression that he was just totally cutting ties.
3: I mean, they needed Xavier Howard. They really do oh, because absolutely. with the amount of blitzes they send and the amount of times that their defensive backs are on an island. They need good corners because, you know, if you have a bad corner out there and they're going to send the blitz and you know that your wide receiver is going to win a little quick man coverage slant route, you know, yeah. it's over for the Dolphins. So I think Xavier Howard had all the leverage in that situation and he utilized it brilliantly, clearly, because oh, you know, he didn't say yeah. anything. He doesn't get the <laughs> attention. So I think it works out for both teams. You know, he gets what he wants and the Dolphins keep a very, very key part of their defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing that I've always felt is that, you know, I think analytics back this up. From year to year, coverage is really hard. You know, it's, that's we see Jamal Adams took a step back in coverage this year. We saw, you know, even Stephon Gilmore, who is arguably the league's best coverage corner, was not nearly as good in coverage, you know, as you know, a lot of people expected him to be. So, you know, Already, you know, I I wouldn't expect Xavier Howard to be like Defensive Player of the Year candidate. But if you're going into next year without him, yeah, you're you're really in trouble.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't anticipate him getting 10 picks again that I yeah, no, that's 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 That's, I guarantee that's going to be a (laughs) career high, but he's still a good. He's still a very good coverage corner and good coverage corners are good. All that like Champ Bailey was good every year, you know, Charles Woodson good every year, you know, Darrell Rivas good every year like. I don't think he'll have quite the year but he did last yeah, I'm year. but am just saying he's like from, from
1: year to year, I'm talking mostly for like the corners outside of him. Like if they didn't have him, like their corn like the rest of the defense outside of him still played well. Right. So if they lose their best defensive player, the entire defense is already taking a step back. They need him to at least stay on like a, a competitive comparable level. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, outside of Xavier Howard, Josh Allen got paid, reset the quarterback market, the non-Mahomes quarterback market at least. And you know, people are talking about the implications this has for Lamar. Does this have any implications for Baker? Do you think ba- I mean, I know they asked Baker, are you worried about it and he actually said So we're not we're not that. even
2: talking about the Josh Allen contract. <laughs> How can we get this to be a Browns segment?
1: It's not a Browns segment. It's not a Browns segment. But it does it have implications. It does, it does have, have implications
3: incommi- it does have implications for the browns and the ravens um but i mean they don't need to make a decision on anything this year so mm-hmm. like it will have implications next year they don't have- and i didn't think the yeah. bills needed to make that de- it was a little bit surprising yeah. that they didn't ring out another year of josh allen's rookie deal but obviously if josh allen has another mvp caliber season he gets even more expensive and he's already quite expensive. So I can see, I can see why they did it right now. I probably would have waited one more year to do this, but I don't have any problems with them signing him. I mean, you get your, you get your star quarterback, you know, under lock and key. I don't think that's a horrible, horrible move.
1: Yeah, no, No. I I agree that it didn't make a whole lot of sense to make this deal so early. Um, but, no, if you're trying to save money, I guess that makes sense. I think the difference with the Browns and Ravens is the Browns and Ravens have to kind of ensure that their guys are who they think they are. Um, and the Bills probably already feel confident. I, I kind Josh
2: of 100% is. disagree. I think it was good getting this done early. Um, do you guys think that Josh Allen's going to have another MVP season?
3: I think that I think that it's... I think that that is substantially likely. Yeah, yeah. I think think that he's going to have a really good season. And next year, there is the Baker and Lamar deal that could reset the market each time. So, yeah, I guess I can't see it that that they did it now. So,
2: if if I'm the Bills here, um, I know you could get the fifth-year extension, but you're still only paying them $16 million next season. Um, And I would rather be the team that resets the market than the team that has to react to the market reset. I also feel pretty confident that um, he's going to be good next year. And I think all the signs point to his improvement being legit, and I think letting him prove it again next season is going would make him massively more expensive. Yeah. So, um, I like the deal. I think I think he's got you know elite potential. If you're not already saying that he's elite, and we could make an argument for you never pay the quarter. Like I know Theo like that, that's some where it's like paying a quarterback ever this much money might make it really hard to build a team. Right. But if you're going to pay a guy big money, I'd rather be somebody who I think is this high level of player and matters this much to the offense. Right. So I'm, I'm totally on board with what they did.
3: Yeah. If yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with that. I don't think it's a horrible move at all, but yeah, the, the data of, you know, a quarterback has never won the super bowl, taking up this percent of the cap. I would have liked to have gotten another year out of that, you know, rookie deal, but the team is already what it is. So it probably wouldn't have even mattered that much for this year, but I I don't hate it. Um, I do think that that'll be a problem if they do pay Baker, that kind of money, because I don't think Baker is the type of quarterback that is, you know, the team around him is what it is. And Baker is what he is. I think the team around him is better than Baker. Whereas Josh Allen, I think is, I mean, Diggs is a baller, obviously, But I think Josh Allen is a a different caliber than a lot of other quarterbacks. So, yeah, that's I do think that when you get a guy like Josh Allen level, that's you got to take that chance. Where if is it when it's like Baker or Goff, like or (laughs) Garoppolo, all of those guys Well, not Baker yet. But Goff and Garoppolo at one point have had mega deals. That's not the kind of guy that that those are the kinds of deals you regret. So as far as Baker goes, that's what I'd say about it. And Lamar. Um, Lamar, I think this is a big year for Lamar, you know, if, um, if he, if he regresses further or if he even has another season, like he did last year, I don't know if he's a guy that I would give like 30% of the cap to or something ridiculous like that. Um, which is just the way it is. I think that he needs to be back to his very close to his 2019 levels. But I think that he, it's po- very possible for him to do that because he's done it before and uh, right. the wide receiving core looks good or better. So, I don't know. That's my thoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I would expect Lamar to get back at least close to that MVP level. Um, but yeah, no, if he doesn't, then you, you really can't justify paying someone that much. As far as the rest of camp goes, the one thing I've noticed... Right, as I, oh, I keep seeing, like, uh, oh, Darnold starting to come together in camp. Right, he had August 2nd, he had that really bad interception. Jets fans are like, I'm getting PTSD. Um, you know, I see like AJ Green's, you know, starting to have some chemistry with Kyler. The Chargers offense is starting to roll a little bit. I keep seeing uh, Herbert to Keenan Allen, Goff to Hawkinson. Uh, Brian Edwards is lighting it up in camp. The, the one thing that I would be concerned about is if you see, like, obviously you don't want to see people struggling in camp, but you always see offenses doing well in camp. The big concern, need, like, I would, would not be concerned if you're like, oh, the defense is struggling in camp. Defenses take longer to get things together in camp. If I'm seeing offenses struggling in camp, like, oh, uh, I don't know, like, Darren Waller hasn't been to camp. Right, that's not a concern, but there are guys where, like um, Zach Wilson, being inconsistent in camp is a concern. Is like a legitimate concern for me.
3: Well, the those quarterbacks are wearing the red jerseys, right? And you know what that means—you can't sack them. <laughs> you can't, so, yeah, like, you can't obviously, them. the offense should look pretty good when yeah. you have that. So, yeah, I agree that you see more good news than bad news in camp. And it's like if you are, you should look good in camp. Offenses should look good when the quarterback can't get sacked. And when you know you have a lot yeah, of that's time a
1: good to point. throw it offense Offenses look hit. good
3: when the quarterback can't can't get hit. And also, as far as the media goes, in fantasy implications go, people love to cover the good wide receivers. People love to like cover the breakout sleepers. That's done on defense. That's on offense. People like to cover, you know, Marquez Callaway breaking out. Yeah. You know, people like to co- cover Michael Carter breaking out. No one cares. Like I, I've
1: seen, I've seen maybe three defensive highlights of camp.
3: Right. Like there was, like, the,
1: there was the Derwin James interception, the Jalen Ramsey interception. I think the Greg Newsom and, interception. And that stars like young rookies. <laughs> how many? <laughs> yes. How many
2: highlights can you have on defense when you can't sack anybody and you can't hit
3: anybody? Right.
2: There the only was, thing you can was do is the, <laughs>
1: And there, then there was the clip of Aaron Donald losing a one-on-one two uh, what was it a cowboys Connor.
3: yeah cowboys uh yeah 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 they're gone yeah that, that um, was the only
1: like but yeah that's
3: the offense the fantasy industrial complex wants to push sleepers they're not pushing the undrafted cornerback who's locked down a couple reps like that is <laughs> you a know, very know that... that's a very niche like kind of thing i'm thinking about it like have you guys heard anything bad about a wide receiver um no Rager, i heard that's... that ragger hadn't done much and then he had that one-handed catch. That, the yeah, the one-handed on catch of,
1: of Rager.
2: I heard like, that
3: Rager wasn't impressed, being too impressed. But I,
2: you'll hear you're, you'll you'll hear a hundred great things about a wide receiver, and hear one bad thing about a wide receiver. Yes,
3: and to get the Ragger news, I had to read a like deep into a <laughs> Philadelphia beat writer's article. Like it was not, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's a really good point. So that's like my th- I I guess the the main takeaway is like. Maybe it we shouldn't take these camp analyses with too much weight. Like, I don't know, maybe it's like I, I just feel like when I look at these offenses, I and it's like, oh, Trey Lance is balling out, Justin Fields is balling out. I just want to take it with a grain of salt. I really do. Well,
2: I think, I think the way to look at it is if what you're hearing from camp supports what you already thought, then it's proof that you're right. But if what you hear from camp, doesn't support what you already thought <laughs> then it's just training camp and you shouldn't take it that seriously that's, that's how i've always done no no that's <laughs> but, exactly what but i like what trey it is.
1: lance and justin fields and i'm just like so, yes yeah, so, so then you're, you're right you're
3: right <laughs> it's like zach wilson right and joe burrow two guys who i have famously criticized have horrific days in camp i'm gonna look at that and what other conclusion then i no, no, no. can i draw
1: no no theo theo you don't get it so like if 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 you're if an offense is supposed to hum in camp, then an offense not looking good in camp is a really bad sign. Yeah, like, well, that is yeah, a yeah, huge yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, flag.
3: I agree. And you practice <laughs> how you play. Like, I'm not saying, like, practice, if your practices are a mess, you're probably not going to step onto an actual field and light it up, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's one thing that people do discount is, like, if you look horrible in practice, the odds that you step onto the field and all of a sudden things are figured out, Like is low, but if you look good in practice and you don't, it doesn't seem that there's any problems. That's not really a guaranteed win. So I think looking bad in practice does matter more, but like every wide receiver, every team probably has a wide receiver that is breaking out in training camp. And it happens to every team every year. Um, but you know Downs when it's been looking but when good. it's Marquez Calloway and I said that he would be a sleeper, <laughs> it matters a little bit more.
1: <laughs> you know what? You know what really because gets everything me sometimes? you say comes true.
3: When it's Brian Is Edwards, that, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, because
2: I was I was on Felipe Franks and Calloway too, but I get no love for that.
0: Okay, you didn't
2: <laughs> let history show that i was the first one to say something about franks in the group chat
3: you said I just got ignored. You but said, then when theo cares like you said felipe franks and that was you <laughs> didn't elaborate you just said his name i didn't know what to take it's from clear that what I meant. and then callaway i brought him up as a sleeper and then you were like he is on my fantasy team so you were there but I'll, you okay, didn't I'll, vocalize it I'll, I'll you
2: guys it. updated from here on out on the transactions. I have of one more sleeper. Team. We're gonna get into the fades <laughs> here, and guys. We
3: don't like. I've got one more sleeper, Donald Partham, I think his name is Partham, a tight end for the Chargers. Um, oh, he yeah. was, uh, yeah, he was someone yeah. that I liked last year. He had like what 10 catches last year or something. Um, and he was someone that I forgot. I was like, that's a sleeper for next year because I thought he looked good on those 10 catches, and then I forgot about him and I forgot to bring him up, and then I saw a report on him. That he was getting a little bit more work with the ones or something, or they wanted to feature him more in the offense out of training camp, and I'm like, I forgot about Donald Parth. Yeah, was my I super mean, his, last year.
2: his catch radius is silly. He's like what six eight? Yeah, he's six with eight. With a stupidly long wingspan. I guess the big concern about him, you know, and at least in the fantasy community that I've looked at, it's like everybody was excited about him, and then they go get Cook, and you're like, great. So he's not going to get uh, serious old. targets, but
1: yeah,
3: um, I'm talking.
1: Maybe he does run with here. the
3: ones. Maybe he does look good. I'm talking deep sleepers here. Anyway, this is not a sleepers, sleepers episode. This is a, this fades, is a fades episode.
1: Fades episode. Guys, we um, hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we're going to go guys we hate. But we're going to hop into some fantasy fades. Some guys that, you know, maybe we thought didn't perform. Or maybe guys we think won't perform as well this year as they did last year. Or maybe guys that are just getting a little too much hype. And maybe not, don't deserve it. Starting with tight end, Matt. Any guys you don't like here?
2: I think he's a great player. I think he is going to be very good. Oh God. But at tight end number four, Kyle Pitts is tough because think about this. Titans notoriously don't do well their rookie year, right? It's a very hard position to learn. At tight end four, I don't know if the upside is there for him because to be, I mean, to to be better than the tight end number four, he needs to beat out either Darren Waller, Kittle, or Kelsey. For him to not, for him to underperform from that expectation, it, he wouldn't even need to be like a bust or anything. He would just have to have like a normal tight end season for a rookie or be worse than like Hawkinson or Andrews, which is totally reasonable. I like him. I think he'll be a very playable fantasy tight end. I believe in the skill set. Um, but drafting him but four, I don't think, leaves you the upside of him like wildly beating expectations.
1: I, I think the lit- only problem with having Pitts not be tight end four, maybe four is too high. I'll give you that. The only problem with, you know, like the whole, oh, rookie tight ends are never good is that Pitts might be the best tight end prospect we've ever seen. See, here's the thing. Pitts could be the best Pitts is the best tight end prospect
2: we've ever seen. But even then, him beating tight end four, like he could be the best tight end prospect ever and not beat tight end four. That's yeah. insa- That's an insane standard.
3: <laughs> I think, I talked a little bit about this on the Stay Hot Shot um, about Kyle Pitts. And honestly, I I don't know. I think that he is a little bit more wide receiver than a lot of tight ends. Although, and I think they can have, um, what's his name? The other first round tight end from the Ravens. Uh... Uh, who's the other tight end there? What's his name? Oh,
1: Hurst. Um, Hurst.
3: Hayden Hurst yes. perform more of the typical tight end stuff, um, because they he is a decent option. I don't hate Pitts at tight end four. I really don't. I I think that he is profoundly special, and I feel like he can be Jimmy Graham right away. I know that, like, and outside of Ridley, I don't know who the other options I mean, are, Russell you know, Gage, I guess. Russell Gage, Frank Darby is a guy that I like, and I would maybe pick up him up. if you're in like a 20 man league or something, I'm not fading Pitts so much as I am. Logan Thomas, who mm. to me is like in the top 10 tight ends lists, he's getting drafted before Noah Fant, Gronk, Robert Tanyan, Mike Kosicki, Johnu Smith and Irv Smith. I don't know if I would rather have Logan Thomas than any of that. And Logan Thomas ended up well last year, but it was kind of a weird season last year. And he's kind of a weird player. He's like a former quarterback, not that good at blocking. They brought in Curtis Samuel this year. They brought in a quarterback in Fitz that is a little bit more willing to take shots to the outside of the field, like deep and outside, which they didn't really have last year. Logan Thomas, to me, it's like, really? I, I don't know if I'd feel confident with him as my tight end one. Yeah. If I exited yeah, the draft over I'm, I'm, someone like Gasicki or I'm buying Johnny what you're Smith. saying. Logan Thomas with is with the mine.
2: Kyle Pitts stuff. If he does line up a wide receiver a lot, he is going to put up crazy numbers and be tight end four. Um and then with Thomas, one ten targets is a ton for
3: a tight end like him. And they just brought paid big money for another target. Um and they brought in a tight end in the fourth round, John Bates. And with Pitts, again, like what is, what does it take to get in a thousand yard season with a 17 game schedule? It's something like 50 something yards a game. I think we can expect multiple a hundred yard games yeah. from Pitts. I, I am not That's, fading Pitts as much yeah. as I am Logan Thomas. Yeah, I, Logan just, Thomas I don't is know.
2: I, I guess I, with Pitts, I'm a little worried. Like, like I said, him beating, being better than Titan four is an incredibly tough task, but I a hundred percent agree that like, if he does line up a wide receiver, they are going to use him. The offense the only, is going to be good. The only thing is, I, the... I
1: remember, I remember when Pitts was coming out, he made he made a statement that he wanted to play more inline tight end. That was something that he even, wanted to do, and
3: he can do that. Like he's not a horrible, horrible blocker. He's not a really good. It's blocker. not even
1: about blocking. He just didn't. He didn't. People were like saying that he should line up outside receiver, and he's like, no, I that's not where I'm most comfortable. The the thing is, is that while it's
2: true that rookie tight ends struggle a lot, rookie tight ends are also usually not the second target on their team. And Pitts will be. I still think he totally has the potential to be beaten out by like Hawkinson or whoever. Um, but Pitts being, I don't know. Yeah, I, I might I take
3: Hawkinson above him. That's I, I think, where I can I kind
2: of see the fade is if you want. to. I've been, been, been saying Hawkinson him, guess, might be way but,
3: too low. Um,
0: um,
2: I, I I don't. I, I, I guess I shouldn't have him as a bust because I don't see, I don't think he's going to end up being like tight end 15 after this season or something really low. I do kind of believe in the talent and
3: the, I wasn't thinking about the target share. Bladen, do you have any tight ends that you don't like?
1: I, I liked Logan, Tho- or I disliked Logan Thomas. I, 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 uh, that was one guy I was leaning, uh, mostly because I was going to go Robert Tunyon. Um, but Robert Tunyon, it was like below Logan Thomas. I was like, okay, maybe Logan Thomas might be a bigger fade, but Robert Tunyon to me when he was on the field or when, even when he was like getting receptions, cause he's like an 88 catch percentage on just like wide open targets. Like, I remember someone was like, bro, you need to watch Robert Tunyon tape. And it's literally just him standing wide open. <laughs> like, the DB falls down. And he's just like, no one within 20 yards of him. Wide open touchdown. And I just bro- don't see a scenario in which that happens again.
3: I don't know. I feel like Robert Tunyon at his value is actually pretty good just because, like... um he is someone that is playing in a really good offense that I think is ge- going to generate a lot of points. He did not drop but a single it, ball. But last is he
1: year. going to be a dominant force in that offense? Like, are they going to be getting be, him the ball frequently?
3: I mean, when we're talking, I mean, he's getting drafted at like tight end 13 right now. He doesn't need to be a dominant force to be a fade. He just yeah. needs to be like a borderline top 10 tight end fantasy wise. And considering That's they don't true. really, I mean, Mercedes Lewis is never going to be a dominant receiving thing. Jay Sternberger is missing the, he's on the roster bubble. He doesn't have a ton, ton of competition for that role. And he's in a really good offense. He doesn't drop the football, doesn't offer anything after the catch. And, he, you know, he's not going to be this big tackle dominant breaker, like the top four, but at where he's getting picked, I'd rather have him than Logan Thomas, honestly, but uh, I like Tony. Okay. And then there's also, I got to figure out what I think of the, Tied, the New England tight ends because obviously they've got two of them Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith yeah I, think yeah. John, I
1: keep leaning I, one of them's gonna be like explosive and the other's just gonna be I feel like a dud and I can't quite figure out who it is I'm thinking Hunter Henry's gonna be the one to kind of blow up
3: and I'm the John opposite I think Johnnie Smith's okay. a little bit more talented I, I see, I I see the, the training camp videos of him getting handoffs He's got, he's really good after the catch. He's kind of the opposite of Tanyan where okay. he's like, he gets the ball in his hands and he can make some dynamic plays. Um, I think that he is the one that has a little bit of a higher upside. Yeah, I haven't
1: heard anything out of camp to this point. So that's kind of where I'm you know, trying to see is if, if, you know, what happens in camp. Yeah. yeah, people are excited because he's lean. getting
3: handoffs. And I don't know if that's <laughs> gonna be an effective thing they do all the time, but that's what's got people excited, is they're clearly trying to get the ball in his hands with these design yeah. handoffs.
2: Yeah. Um back to Logan Thomas a little bit with him switching over from quarterback. I can't trust any skill position player like that after Terrell Pryor. Right. <laughs> I <laughs> believed in Terrell Pryor so much. Terrell Pryor had a <laughs> thousand no, yards for the Browns. Me and my dad, before he broke out, we went to training camp because they were having it at the shoe. And we saw him out there we're like, oh my God, he's actually he's actually really good. And then the next season he goes for like a thousand yards. And I thought that he was legit. And then it just didn't end up working out that way. Um because I think him putting up those type of yards was really uh more about him getting a ton of targets than him necessarily yeah. being super efficient with them. And Logan Thomas wasn't super efficient with his targets and now he's probably in line to get a little bit less. So I'm fading him a little bit too.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Good to agree. But moving on to receivers, you know I think receivers are a little bit tricky because again we talk about every receiver is getting hype right now. Um, so are there any receivers that you think in particular that might be getting too much hype?
3: I would say Jamar Chase is the guy that I'm fading, and I'm kind of fading the entire Bengals offense. Um, I don't really expect them not to get kicked in the mouth here. And we always talk about like wide receivers; they get hype, but they never look bad. Jamar Chase has kind of not looked great. I've heard that he's, his hands have been inconsistent. Um, the Bengals had a decent tra- uh, day of camp a couple days ago, I heard. But, you know, their wide receivers were kind of getting beaten up a little bit. And the defense was routinely winning winning against the offense at Bengals training camp. And that scares me, especially with my priors about Joe Burrow and how I don't think he's ever going to be a dominant, you know, dynamic player. Plus, I was a little bit lower on Chase Going into the draft. I still thought he was worth a first round pick, but he does have some issues separating and he does have some issues, I think, as a route runner to begin. And I know the problem with as Bengals fans have told me a million trillion times, they were at the bottom of the league in separation last year. And I don't know if Jamar Chase really fixes that issue. And he's getting drafted like, I think like above Kenny Galladay, he's getting drafted above a lot of good wide receivers and guys are really excited about him. A, I'm not even sure he's better than Higgins or Tyler Boyd, who are two good wide receivers. B, I'm not sure that he's in a good passing offense. And C, there is no C. Those are my main two problems. (laughs) I'm mad at you
2: because my guy was a Bengals wide receiver too. T. (laughs) Higgins, somebody I've never really been that high on. I'm too low on him in general. But I'm seeing him above multiple really talented wide receiver ones like Odell and Sutton. Um, if you want to throw Robbie Anderson in there as a tight end one, you could Brandon cooks, um, T Higgins could be like the third option on that team. And I think taking him over some guy, like, I think that really, really, really limits his upside. Uh, cause I have a hard time imagining that all three of those receivers they're all going to get like 110, 120 targets. That's going to be tough to pull off. I know they're going to pass a ton. I know I said that earlier. Um, and I still think they're going to pass a ton, um, but I don't know, dude. I kind of agree with you. I don't trust the Bengals' offense, and I'd rather take a shot on Sutton or Beckham than I would on T. Higgins.
3: One yeah. more guy, I could say. One or Bladen? Do you have you got one?
1: No, no. You 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 can go. We'll see if you take. We'll see if you take my guy.
3: I might say Julio. I might say Julio because I'm Ooh. such a big AJ Brown believer that I honestly think. That with Julio's injury history and his age and his struggles in the red zone and his lack of touchdowns that he is routinely, and it's a pattern now, have failed to have gotten. I don't know if I feel good if Julio Jones is the best fantasy wide receiver on my team, which is where he's kind of being drafted right now. Like, I like Julio a lot and I think he's still kind of got it. But with the injury risk and the other weapons on that offense, and his problems in the red zone, and now Derrick Henry and AJ Brown are are there to also vulture those targets away. I just don't know if he's going to have the touch. He's never a he's never really had the touchdown volume, and I don't know if that's going to fix itself. And I think that you know his target volume may go down in general, and he's older and more injury prone. So that's one guy, and he's getting drafted as wide receiver. F- 14 right now at the list I'm looking at. Yeah. And like, he's probably not too much farther below that, but I feel like I might even rather have someone like Amari Cooper than him. I, I don't know. I mean, Amari like,
1: Cooper is only like one spot ahead of him. Plus What's in like?
3: leagues, if you're playing with more casual people, I feel like Julio Jones would go a little bit higher than 14th because he's still viewed as a kind of a top five wide receiver. Um, that fair. might be one guy that I would not really love as my, fantasy wide receiver one. But again, I'm not that much lower on him than his ADP, but that's just one more guy that I was thinking.
1: I've I've been bouncing back and forth on DJ Chark. I really don't know. It kind of for the same reason of like Matt with T. Higgins, where it's just like, do you really are you really taking him over Cortland Sutton and Odell? It's like sure I guess like coming off of injury, maybe you don't expect him to explode right away i just don't know if i'm out here like loving dj chark especially you know even maybe maybe it's like a wide receiver three or like coming off the bench but like as a wide receiver two or wide receiver one i don't really love that you know it's, i think it's adp is like 75 which is like fine but again i just don't i don't know if i love that for like a wide receiver two
3: That's fair. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. He's going above. <laughs> he is going above Sutton, who I think I, I would may, rather maybe have Sutton. Sutton's just
1: too low. Maybe that's, maybe that's the low. moral of The story we're already like DJ Chark, T Higgins overrated. Like maybe it's just Cortland Sutton's and just not getting. He's enough going enough above love. Debo
3: Samuel. Yeah. I might take Debo Samuel above him. He's going above Brandon Cooks. I might take Brandon Cooks above him. It's yeah, I thought Brandon undisputed. Cooks was really low. If I'm looking at him,
2: I'd say you know maybe i don't trust him to stay healthy that's probably why he's so low but he could be in line to get like a stupid amount of targets or something
3: yeah um, so i i would say that shark is definitely above some guys that i would rather have than shark so i think
1: I, I think fair. the only reason people might not be high on brandon cooks is because he's on the text well also that
3: offense <laughs> is not uh not trustworthy
2: yeah. i get it i just think a wide receiver 40 if you can still get a wide receiver number
3: one yeah and a good one too, like he's historically been pretty productive so maybe it just absolutely yeah. sucks but I, I feel like he's someone's gonna get good value he's not, it's not a sexy pick at all but like he should mm. be decent
1: yeah but I think you know moving on to running backs again it's like receivers just get like all of them get a lot of hype so it's really hard to sit here and be like oh well this guy's getting too much hype but moving on to running backs or so any running backs that you guys are just like ah, a bit I've shaky got a, on
3: I've got Najee Harris is a guy that I'm fading pretty hard he's one that I've been just sitting here thinking about all the reasons that I don't love his situation. And it, what it comes down to for me is how is Najee Harris, why is his season going to end up differently than James Conner? Like what, what, what is the I process? think The
1: difference with Najee is he's supposed to be more explosive and a little bit more electric, but watching him in the preseason, they gave I him mean. A, a fair, I'm, they gave him a fair amount of touches. He didn't look all that great. It was seven carries
3: in the Hall of Fame game. But I would agree <laughs> I that I don't, I don't know if the gulf between Najee Harris and James Conner is especially huge. And that's not even so much Najee Harris slander as it is James Conner praise. I talked about him in the sleeper episode. I mean, last year or over the last three years, James Conner has, here are his broken tackle percentages. 26%, 28%, 23%. The average is 20. Nick Chubb has been at 24%, 25%, 29%. You know, Dobbins was at who we've all talked about in love. He was at 24%. Yeah. Derrick Henry in 2019 was at like 20, 23%. Like James Connor breaks a lot of tackles. It does not but, matter but, behind this offensive but, yeah, line.
1: Yeah, but it's not even about breaking tackles. It's what you do after you break the tackle mm-hmm. that matters. I it's like I can, the, when Nick Chubb breaks a tackle, he then shifts into a second gear and takes it 50 yards. Yes.
3: But I don't know if Najee, Najee Harris, isn't really a speed guy. He's a broken tackle guy. So I don't see how That's, he's going to. And the thing is people are like, Oh, he's going to get so many carries. He's going to get so, is he going to get so many carries? Cause what happens if you give him seven carries in the first quarter, they pick up 20 yards and you're down by 10. Like, then you have this fantastic wide receiving core. Are they really going to commit to the run when they've got Claypool and Smith Schuster and Deontay Johnson, and maybe they're down and the running game's not being very effective. Like they say they want to run the ball and they say they want to give them all these carries. And in the preseason game, they're going to come in and they played them deep into the second quarter. But I just don't know if it's going to, I mean, Najee Harris is getting drafted like in the first round pick kind of range. James Conner finished as, like, running back 25 last year, and he got a hurt a little bit. But, I mean, st- I think there's a gulf between where Najee is. I'd rather have, like, Chris Carson than him. I think I'd rather have, like, even maybe Miles Sanders than him. Um, Austin Eckler I might rather have than him. I don't know. There's there's a lot of guys. I can, I
1: can not... see Eckler. I, I like I... Eckler a lot. I kind of disagree with you on this.
3: Okay, all right.
2: Okay. Big difference between James Conner. <laughs> And Najee Harris is that James Conner is running back number two on a team that signed them for like a minimum contract. Najee Harris is a first round draft pick invested in him. Yes, it's kind of like the same thing with a. It's kind of like the same thing with Ezekiel Elliott. You know, you cannot believe in Ezekiel Elliott all you want, but if they give him a ton of carries because they're paying him a bunch of money, he's going to put up good numbers. Um, and I, I kind of do believe that the Steelers uh, have a tendency to have like a bell cow guy that they want to run a lot. Uh, And I think Harris can fill that role. Uh, Maybe you're right that um, the difference between Harris and some other running backs isn't as big as maybe other people think. Uh, But being that guy with a first round draft pick on a team that likes to have a bell cow dude is a pretty good sign. He's sitting here at what running back 10. I could see wanting Eckler above him. Uh, There's definitely some other guys below him. I would draft possibly over him. But his volume could totally be nuts. And I think that's what people are going to be looking out for. I think
3: it could be nuts, and I think they want it to be nuts. But I think once the season starts, they're going to find that they, if they run it a whole lot, I don't think their running game is going to be particularly effective. And then it's going to be... Also,
1: this kind of, to me, feels like a Ben Roethlisberger season more than a Najee Harris season. Like If you remember like at the end of Favre's career, when they just threw the ball an absurd amount and they just let him go crazy i kind of think that's what the steelers do with roethlisberger
3: well Favre was a better quarterback in 2009 (laughs) than roethlisberger is right now i mean absolutely but i
1: but i think you know just for the sake of like sending him out like you don't want to send him out running the football 30 times a game you want to send him out you know
3: you want to send playing. him out a winner and you want to do the things well, that make yeah, you win. But he, and I but feel he's like
1: gonna, passing but he, he's to that wide receiving
3: core makes more sense than running behind that offensive line. So I feel like Najee Harris, is, the amount of carries he's going to get is a little lower than people think is another thing.
2: Yeah, you know what? I actually, yeah, because um, the Steelers' plan definitely is to run Harris a ton. But in the past, they have not been one of the team like highest rushing attempt teams in the league. They're in the bottom half pretty consistently. So I guess the question is, do you think the Steelers are do you think it like one, it could work and then they'll run them a ton. Two, it could not work and they could say, Screw it, we gave up a first round draft pick. We're committed to making this work. We're gonna run. Or it could not work out and they're like, screw this, and then they kind of abandon the run a little bit. Not abandon, but you know, I mean, run you less can than also, people you are can also just
1: move a into the slot. Like he you can najee you can, Harris you over Juju Smith
3: Schuster. You'd rather have five, najee what, Harris five, running in the slot five
1: wide, man. Five wide,
3: okay. <laughs> they might, I mean, they might do that. They do love shotgun, but I don't think that that's something you can really bank on. One, there's Matt. On is the there a guy that's good. not najee? We've talked so much about najee Harris. Who's <laughs> yes. not najee Harris? Um,
2: I did want to say that also Carolina has been pretty low in rushing attempts, so I guess it's more about the share of attempts he gets rather than the total number of team attempts. Um, So that does make me feel like is if he, if they give him all the touches, it doesn't even matter if they try to abandon the run a little bit, If they run it 25 times a game and Harris gets 20. That's going to be like, you know, one of the highest rushing totals in in the league. Uh, So I guess, I guess I would disagree with you. I believe in Harris, Uh, as far as, as far as players who I think are rated a little too highly, um, you know, the guy I had was um, Jonathan Taylor. I, I'll be honest with you. I kind of, I kind of changed my opinion as I've been glancing at some
3: things here. I as thought about recording. Yeah, I thought I about, thought about
2: saying, saying Taylor because on paper it's like, well, what hold makes the situation
3: know, this year better than it was last year? That was what my right. thing was.
2: You know, so you're sitting here. You're like, this is my thought process it has got two other backs in there who are going to get some touches. I like Marlon Mack. I like Naheem Hines. Yep. Um, quarterback situation is a huge mess. Uh, Their offensive and guard. the best offensive lineman is out. Yeah. So even, even if you expect him to be a little bit better than he was as a rookie, you can only expect him to be you know, so good. He finished his running back six last year, though. That's being that, You you and
3: me went through the exact same process. Yeah, so I, I was thinking like
2: <laughs> this. This is can't be that good. And Then it's like, like I, I I just didn't realize that he finished that high. Um. So I I, I don't want to be the guy who doesn't give an answer, but uh,
1: that I've got was one my more, guy. so it's okay. I have I have one. If you uh,
3: who do you have? If you're interested, Saquon. Okay, I I honestly don't hate Saquon as an answer here.
1: Yeah, it's like coming off. We already know like running backs have a short shelf life. Coming off a big injury. I don't know, like, unless he's Adrian Peterson, which he might be, you know, um, we know he has that kind of athletic, you know, gift. Um, I just wouldn't bank on him because the rest of like every other running back who's gone through a super major injury, they usually don't come back and they're usually not like super explosive. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a reach. But I I don't, I just, I wouldn't bank on Saquon being. There's a lot of super... weapons
3: there with Tony and Galladay. Yeah, and it. even yeah. Evan Ingram, as much as he I... gets hated on, is probably going <laughs> to get a decent amount of targets. <laughs> Shepard, Slayton, the offensive line is, I mean, we watched him in that Steelers game. They gave him the opportunities. What came of it? Nothing, really. He had one long run where he had a hurdle. And I think that was on a pass. So, yeah. and he might not be back until week three. So if you draft him, you don't quite know when he's coming back. Cause it, he might not even, what start is, does any
1: Matt, do you have ADP up for running backs? Where's he? Where is so here's right? the thing I would agree with you, but he's running back
2: six. And at that spot, I'm thinking about it. Somebody, what what the strategy is, is to like draft Saquon and Michael Thomas and forfeit the first couple games (laughs) and then try to be a God squad from (laughs) there on out. Back half of the season. Um, I can see where you're coming from with Barkley. Like, cause if they try to work him in slow at all, or if he doesn't come back and is immediately awesome, you're looking at like four or five weeks. of not having, who would be uh, the guy who would be your number one pick. Um, And it would be a struggle for you to win games. So I can see where you're coming from, but I kind of believe Barkley's going to come back.
3: I got one more guy. I got James Robinson is going above Travis Etienne. All right, let's say this out loud. There is an undrafted guy I, I from had a previous- Robinson on my list. James Robinson <laughs> is the, an undrafted free agent from a previous regime. Didn't have that many, expl- like he was good last season, but there was a lack of explosiveness there. Then the new regime comes in, drafts an explosive, the fastest running back in the class- In Travis Etienne, who has immense receiving potential and has played with their starting quarterback, and people expect the former to outperform the latter. I do not buy it. I think that James Robinson is not if Urban liked him, they probably wouldn't have drafted the wide receiver, the the running back in the first round. Like the undraft the guy with the undrafted talent levels versus the new shiny receiving first round pick who played with the quarterback. I'm give me the new shiny first round pick that gave with, came with the quarterback over James Robinson. I think James Robinson is at high risk of being a pretty clear backup because ETN has you know so much more in terms of athletic gifts. I think and explosiveness. I see, I see what you Robinson. mean
2: because at his ADP, you kind of have to draft him as your running back two, and you have to draft him pretty high to do that. And it's like. That could end in that's disaster. Like, that's like a second. You round really tech. don't know what Urban's gonna do. It's hard to predict what, like, because uh, Robinson's got the talent, but then maybe he gets traded. So you're really, you're really rolling the dice on that one.
3: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not touching James Robinson. Um, people, I, I I think... I'll,
2: I'll put it this way: <laughs> if you're drafting Najee Harris at ten because you think he's gonna get such a great carry share, then you can't possibly trust James Robinson to get
1: yes uh, a great yeah. share of the carries. Absolutely. So I think we have one more move on to quarterbacks. Who do you guys, who do you guys dislike here? I, <laughs> I really only have I, one guy. Uh, well, I guess kind of two, but.
2: I have a couple guys. Um, and I think one guy, I don't remember, but I might've had him as a sleeper last episode. It was Burrow.
3: It's Burrow, right? Dude, <laughs> Literally no way.
2: He has no rushing upside. The injury sound. It literally. It sounds like <laughs> the injury has been really not like it's really affected him. And again, that's a huge question. We haven't actually seen him play, uh, yeah. but that's the reports from training camp. The offense doesn't project to be that amazing. So the amount he would need to lead the league in attempts um, to meet to meet maybe the expectations that we he's have. Really because he's out.
3: quarterback 12. Like, we're in a 12-man fantasy league, right? If someone left the draft with Joe Burrow as their quarterback one over – I mean, I would rather draft, like, Trey Lance than him and and then draft some other yeah. quarterback until I think it's inevitable that Lance takes over for Garoppolo. I'd rather do that. I'd probably rather have Trevor Lawrence. I'd probably or rather – Matt even, Ryan as the big guy. I'm looking Matt, at here.
2: I'm like, I'm taking Matt Ryan over Burrow without the injury risk or
3: – yeah, with, with I, might Camel, I might take All Cam. I might take Cam. I mean, Cam's. I think a uh, uh, could get thirty touchdowns because he always gets like double digit rushing touchdowns. So if you yeah. get like fifteen passing touchdowns this year, like that's probably a better option than Burrow. I know that you initially it looks like maybe he was a sleeper because you know he he they do project to pass it a ton to decent wide receivers, but with the reports out of training camp and just the injury and. You know his overall too, the
2: injury the injury problems alone make him too risky to touch. It's the same thing one with me for Saquon.
1: The injury you don't, need to, you don't need to
2: take a big risk with your quarterback one and a one QB fantasy league, so don't. Yeah, I, I think the ups. It, it's 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 a lot easier for him to reach like the lower spectrum of outcomes than it is for him to reach the upper spectrum of outcomes. And he um, had th- for this He played next in season. he played
3: in ten games last year. He finished as a top 10 quarterback three times and two of those was as 10th. He finished as a bottom 20 quarterback four times. So it's not like he was consistently like top 10 last year, even with all of his attempts. Do I project some giant step up this year where he's consistently being in the top 10, top 12 and like avoiding those bottom 20 finishes? I don't really think he's going to take that step this year with the injury. So yeah, I'm fading, Burrow, And I know that's... I, it's gotta be annoying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bengals fans, (laughs) (laughs) me always constantly hating on the Bengals, but really I don't know what else to say.
2: It it sucks because I want Burrow to be good. I want him to be good so bad. Um, but I feel like it'd be wrong not to take into account, uh, this injury. And then you look at some of the guys who are getting drafted above him and I'm like, it's just going to be tough for him to finish above those guys. Like, I mean, Stafford and Tannehill and Brady and Rodgers, it's just like those are some guys who were, you know, very consistent. You're very confident that they're going to be good or they're going to put up great numbers. And, again, I think if, if people want to blame, like, uh, they just want to say, oh, the Bengals' offensive line can't be trusted and it's going to get Burrow hurt. Well, that's another concern, too, then, uh, that he, you know, he might be a little bit more injury-prone behind that offensive line. So it's just there's a lot I don't love about that situation for him. If he was healthy and on a team with a better offensive line, I'd probably feel different, though.
1: You know, it's interesting. Someone told me that, uh, like, in my comment section, they're like, you guys always talk bad about the Bengals and the 49ers. Like, why do you hate us so much? Hey, we can no talk way. good about
2: the 49ers. I think – I know this is off topic. I think Trey Lance is kind of a sleeper. I think he's – I if if the rushing potential is there, what's he getting drafted at right now? 21? I'd take yeah. Lance as my backup. If he, if he's starting week one, I'd take him as my backup. Hope the rushing potential is there. Maybe oh, he's yeah. like – Oh, you like yeah. Take, if you could get – I would kind of
3: take – if you could get – Matt Ryan to start and then like Trey Lance to be the backup. Yeah. And that's, like,
2: and that's what I think that's what hundred percent, what I think your quarterback strategy should be. Take a guy who's consistent and probably not going to screw you up unless you get like a really good value on one of these top guys go Matt Ryan, Kirk cousins, uh, you know, Lawrence, Wilson, yeah. like who, whoever, yeah. and then go with like, go with like a, a guy with some more upside as your backup, like Newton or Lance or whoever.
1: Yeah. Any other
3: fades besides
1: I, have, I have Jody football? Um, I was going to go with Carson Wentz just because of like, oh, you probably won't play a whole lot this year. Um, <laughs> that's a bold take. Yeah. He is quarterback 26. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to yeah, fade him. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's not a fade. Jalen Hurts, man. God, That's the other guy I had on my list. Jalen Hurts. First of all, the Eagles hate him, right? And that's very obvious that the Eagles hate him. If he goes to Houston, Nah, bro, he's not. I, I'm sorry, he's not performing in Houston. Um, I don't even know if he's performing in Philly just because it's very obvious that they like don't have any faith in him.
3: I like the rushing upside. I do. Um, but... He had some crazy games last year. That game against Arizona, he put he up did. a stupid amount of fantasy points. And I had him, I'm in a 20-team league. I'm in a 20-team league and it's deep. And I had Hertz stashed for so long and I wanted to kill the <laughs> Eagles coach. Staff because they just refused to put him in consistently, um, and when he was in, he put up some decent fantasy numbers. But yeah, he's been creeping up, and people see the rushing upside. Mm-hmm. But I think the odds that he frustrates the Eagles and gets benched is, yep. and it might it's be unfairly. High. It's just high. It, yeah, it is unfair. It's <laughs> too high.
2: He's getting drafted as a quarterback one. I don't trust him to play the whole season. Like, yes. Yeah. Well, then I'm I'm good. I I like the upside. It's definitely there, but. Even then, I don't know if I think he can exceed the ADP that much. And that's really what I think a lot of what you got to look for. What is his ADP? What is his ADP? I'm looking at it. Last night it was 13. 13.
3: Right now it's crept up to 12.
2: So I I think the way that I looked at some of the busts that I've been saying aren't even guys that I don't believe in, but guys who I think their ADP is so high, where it makes it really tough for them to beat the expectations. And you got to find the guys who are going to beat the expectations and beat where you can pick them at to get
3: good value and win leagues. Like Marquez Calloway. (laughs)
1: <laughs> just like Marcus Callaway, He's probably
3: getting overdrafted at this yeah, point. He, no, probably, he, probably, is, he probably, he probably, I don't know really there
1: Apparently there's a, I've seen like some reports that like Michael Thomas isn't, maybe isn't happy right now. Cause he tweeted well, something well, out. He tweeted like,
3: <laughs> he, I don't know. He tweeted some cryptic wide receiver yeah, bullshit that know. wide receivers <laughs> are the only position that ever posts cryptic things. But yeah, I don't know. Michael Thomas is an interesting one. I don't know if he's a fade because I don't, you could probably get him pretty crazy late in drafts right now, but yeah, I don't know what's I, going I, on. I
2: definitely him. see a scenario where like Thomas, like things just don't work out with that and he's injured. I love Thomas when he's on the field, but yeah, no, he's um, awesome. Andrew's yeah, yeah, definitely scary. Out, you got to invest a lot in him
3: to get him. All right. Well, I don't yeah. know. I probably will probably have fantasy drafts pretty soon here for us. I don't know about yeah, everyone. We're, I, think I know we're, some of are we're, gunning
1: stu- for September 1st. Mm-hmm. our draft, but But
3: I know we're, we're already peppered with DMS asking people to, (laughs) Grade their teams. I'll tell you right now. I'm not going to do it. I don't care. I'm not going to answer every fantasy question you have. I get this is big.
2: This is Mr. Man of the People. Won't grade a couple fantasy
3: teams. I won't do that.
2: It's
1: not that you won't grade a couple. I know exact. I dealt with this last year where people were like, "Hey, rate my fantasy team." I did one, and I had like 50 DMs the very next day. Should I start
3: blank or blank or blank or blank? I don't know. Figure (laughs) it out. I don't care. But anyway,
1: (laughs) yeah, exactly. It's just we'll give some fantasy
3: advice on the podcast, overarching. But I'm not gonna answer your individual question. I'm sorry. It, there's a exactly. lot of them. But uh, anyway, I know because I've gotten <laughs> these questions that you guys are starting your fantasy leagues. Hopefully this episode illuminated some of our thoughts. Uh, but I think that about wraps it up.
1: Yeah, and hopefully our opponents in the TikTok League didn't, <laughs> don't watch the episode. <laughs> you guys um, are my opponents in the TikTok League. <laughs> hey, So don't steal I mean, my there, take. There's, there's more than just us. There's more than just us. I know. I know. Um, the actual preseason games are going to be happening. Hard Knocks um, and a super exciting announcement. We are gonna all be together for the very first time this week in Las Vegas. We're gonna be recording in an in-person studio. Um, we're going to the Raiders training camp. We're gonna be going to Summer League. And just an FYI for everyone. Friday's episode will be coming out a little bit later because of that. We're gonna actually be recording on Friday. Um, but I trust you or but trust me, it will be worth it tons of content coming your guys way on the tiktok youtube and podcast channels make sure you don't miss out on any of it from matt theo and bladen Uh, no nicknames today but we will catch you on the flippity flop